the truth. Psst, you didn't hear this from me, but Normal Gossip is back for a sixth season. Join host Kelsey McKinney as she shares the juiciest gossip from the real world. Each episode, she's joined by a special guest, and you might recognize a couple this season from the Radiotopia universe. Normal Gossip, named one of the best podcasts of the year by Time Magazine and Vulture, is out now on all your favorite podcast platforms. New episodes starting April 17th. Okay, so imagine it's 2007, and you just written your all-time favorite romantic comedy, Then I Saw Her Face. You pop it into your DVD player, and you're greeted by the giant smiling faces of Reese Witherspoon and her sheepish love interest, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, look, there's special features. Let's click on that. The screen changes to a hilarious still shot of Ashton pleading for dear life as Reese rolls her eyes. How adorable. And among the special features is a, uh, a short film by the same director. It's also called Then I Saw Her Face. Hmm, I guess this was the inspiration for the film. Oh, and look, there's a director's commentary on it. Well, let's see what it's like. Hello, everyone. I'm Helen Marsh, the director of Then I Saw Her Face. Thank you for buying the DVD. You rock. (laughs) Uh, As a super fun bonus for you, the fans, we've included this short film I made in college, also called Then I Saw Her Face, that inspired the feature. You will not enjoy it. as will soon become apparent, I was I was pretty anti-story in college. Um, I guess I'll I'll talk a little about what exactly when you that stare means. Stare into the abyss. Prepare for the abyss to stare right back at you. Friedrich Nietzsche. So the first thing you'll notice is how different this is. The feature, as you know, is a romantic comedy about the tension between work and love set in the high-pressure world of international fashion. This is more of a visual, kinesthetic tone poem. (laughs) Passion coaxed sweat beading. Poise like you to leap. Eros arrests Thanatos pleading that this tip of time should keep. Wow, that's a voice I haven't heard in a while. Omar Temi. This tip of time. So Omar and I went to school together. He was a dancer. He danced beautifully. Really wonderful dancer. I wanted to make a documentary about him. But it never came together. Like the feather of a swan in the passionate embrace of the hurricane. That is how I feel, entwined with nature. Omar's body could move in unbelievable ways. He was an incredible, incredible dancer. But for this, we... We made him the poet-painter, and Lindy is the dancer. That actress is Anna Klein. She was a friend of Omar's. Nothing is ever good enough. But you go on, right? And, of course, Reese Witherspoon played her in the feature. Before we can chart the unknown, 
we first have to find the edges of who we are. Isn't that why we lust for that feel of creation? Reese really wanted to watch this version for reference before we started filming the feature. And I think this is about as far as she got. One day I will jump and never come down. Sometimes I fear my own poetry. Doesn't art scare you? <laughs> God. As flesh is to body, art is to my soul. Strip it away. And there is nothing else. The whole and the center are, are one. The idea was to discover what the film wanted to be as we were making it. Uh, it turned out to be a mess. <laughs> Uh, that might be an understatement. It's, it's baffling, basically. Yeah. <laughs> to write about her, what she made me feel. But there was too much to capture. While we made this, Omar and I were living together in this tiny, tiny apartment, and things were tumultuous. We wanted to explore our relationship through this. Uh, that's why we switched roles. We wanted to see ourselves through the other person's eyes. Autobiography via Jean Cocteau. Seeing her had changed me. Touching her had ruined me. I could have no other subject. I would have no other subject. Like 10 years after I made this, I was invited to do one of those live shows where people read embarrassing stuff they wrote when they were young. And so we got some actors together and did a reading of this. People went nuts for it. Go figure. <laughs> and so we took it to the fringe, and then we had a really fun run off-Broadway in New York, and that's when things really started happening. I have halted here, the future as unreachable as the past. Before. Omar saw it in New York. Showed up one night after we got a nice ride up in timeout. You danced beautifully. He wasn't a fan. Like the feather of a swan in the passionate embrace of the hurricane. Actually, he was very upset. That is how I feel. And I can understand that, though. I mean, this was an intimate portrait of our relationship, and here I was making fun of it. What a surprise. Are you performing here again? I... Uh. Uh. When I made this film, I was super earnest. But when I had some time to grow up and reflect on it and the experience, I realized that the same earnestness of Lindy is what makes her so funny. And it just kind of sort of naturally evolved into this really nice romantic comedy. I mean, the beats are all there. It's a natural fit. I tried to explain this to Omar. 
I sent him an email after the movie got pretty big. But he never wrote back. What? No, don't move. I want to remember this moment just like this. I did hear from Anna when she wrote to tell me that Omar died. Where are you going? Nowhere. The bathroom. Don't worry, I'll be back. Hey. Hey, what? Just, hey. Okay, great. Can I go now? Hey, one more thing, would you? Yeah? Would you dance for me? <laughs> Can I pee first? We just went in two different directions. I think he resented my success. He felt very strongly that art is about creating your own language and expressing your innermost truth in that language. And I came to view it as communicating with an audience in their language. There's a reason why avant-garde never became mainstream. I mean, it's personal, and it's weird. But there are certain things that can only happen in this kind of film. I do love it when something works on your emotions, and you just don't know why. I can hear it. What do you mean? What do you hear? I don't know, really. Just... <laughs> it. The universe? Humanity? Your own soul? The words sounded silly as I said them. They sound less so now. I don't think I understood what she wanted. Hey! Yeah? Keep going. I don't think I understood what he wanted. Just let me open a window. No, don't. Yes, it's hot. I only understood my own desire. I did not mean to be cruel, but I was. Don't stop. Come on. I want to keep watching you. Actually, this sequence works in a weird way. She was gone. Okay, so Lindy's disappearance confused a lot of people. That's why we went with a different ending for the feature. Lindy? But I love it in this. I think it really works. Lindy, where'd you go? Lindy! Where'd you go? After. Pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. Come on, pick up! Hello, you've reached Lindy. 
I'm not in right now. Please leave a message after the beep. And weather is going to be rough for the next day or two as the hurricane touches down just to the north, causing strong winds and rain all through the night. There was this terrible storm. The power went out. Huge branches fell in the street. It was nuts. And Omar and I ran out to get as much B-roll as we could. And that's when we got this shot of a feather in a hurricane. That's something, I mean, look at that, that's fantastic. Somehow we managed to capture the perfect moment. I completely forgot about this. Commentary track, written by Chris Kapiniak and Louis Kornfeld. It was performed by Birgit Huppick, with Maurice Jones as Omar and Libby Woodbridge as Lindy. It was produced by me, Jonathan Mitchell. It was completely fictional, and we recorded that short film with engineering assistance from me here, Chitale. And just a heads up, the Sarah Awards is now publishing articles about audio fiction on their website, and I wrote one all about the making of our story, Sylvia's Blood. You'll find a link to it on our website, thetruthpodcast.com. Special thanks to Magnet Theater, who offer classes and shows on improv, sketch, and storytelling in New York City. You can find out more at magnettheater.com. The Truth is a part of Radiotopia from PRX. It's a curated network of extraordinary cutting-edge podcasts. Find out more at radiotopia.fm. And if you'd like to sponsor a future episode of The Truth, we'd love to help you out. Send an email to sponsor at prx.org. Radiotopia from PRX is made possible with support from the Knight Foundation and by MailChimp, who celebrate creativity, chaos, and teamwork. Our associate producer is Carrie Caston. Our intern is Shelby Alatmani. I'm Jonathan Mitchell, and you have been hearing The Truth. Radiotopia. Radiotopia.